Welcome back to the Devin Nunes Podcast, coming to you live from Washington, D.C., from the Just the News studio in Washington, D.C., with my good friend John Solomon, one of the last good reporters left uh, here in the swamp. Thank you. John, it seems like every time we do this, there's major breaking news. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going to give people a little bit of time to join the live stream here, and then we'll get into that breaking news. Uh, but why don't we start with... Um, Let's just kind of lay out where we are on the January 6th videos. You have been, you've had access to that. Can you kind of explain that process that you've went through so far? Yeah, we've been sitting every day. We're watching certain videos that tell us uh, what the January 6th committee didn't want to show America. Now, they showed us certain things, and some of the things they showed us are true. There was violence here by some people. But there are also massive security failures. And I think one of the biggest ones was the one we exposed the other day. There is video footage showing that for about a 30-minute window, 20 to 30 minutes, mm -hmm. um, police accidentally send a couple of protesters out a door. It's a fire door. It has a, a bar on it. When you press that bar, the sign on the door says it's going to unlock the door. As soon as they do that, the door is unlocked. And over a 30-minute period, people open the door from the outside because it's now been unlocked. It shouldn't be unlocked. And over 300 people, 310 people, I count, walking through that door uh, mm -hmm. during that time frame. Uh, why is that significant? Imagine if the White House left the back door open and 300 people got in the White House. The Secret Service would have hell to pay. In the January 6th investigation, they have not focused on those sort of security failures, both intelligence and physical security, and it leaves the Capitol more vulnerable because people aren't addressing the other parts of failures that occurred that day. Interesting. So get your questions in, because we're for those of you who are watching live now, there's so much breaking news. So get your questions in now, and by the end or even during the middle, we'll get those questions to John, because I know a lot of you have questions not only on January 6th, but also on uh, the breaking news of in the last few hours that... Donald Trump, I don't think this is a surprise to no. anyone, uh, but the Department of Justice is continuing their quest to on their get Trump. Um, and he they're saying he's going to be indicted based on the Mar-a-Lago documents hoax. Yeah, this is a process. Uh, and at some point in the process, the federal prosecutors have an obligation under the U.S. Attorney's Manual to tell someone you're a target, you're likely someone that we consider likely to be indicted. And these are the charges we're looking at. The charges involve a section of the classified um, law or laws that cover classified documents known as 789. And what it means is you possess, copied, or mishandled a piece of classified information. Then there's a question about false statements and a question about obstruction. Now, prosecutors say that's what we think you did and a grand jury handing up indictment of different things. But it's a process that must occur before they seek a grand jury indictment. And that has happened. But the reason it came to my light is that uh, what I learned is that the Trump lawyers have lodged a very serious allegation of misconduct against one of the federal prosecutors. I don't know who the prosecutor is, but I do know the story. And this uh, allegation is pending in a secret court proceeding before Judge Bosbert. He's the head of the U.S. District Court here in Washington, the chief judge. Uh, and the allegation is a prosecutor trying to get a witness to give more information or information that he was unwilling to give because maybe it wasn't true. His lawyer has a conversation and he's told, hey, you're on the short list to be a judge. And if you get this done, maybe this will effectuate the judgeship. An insinuation that the judgeship was somehow connected to the witnesses cooperation. The <laughs> Trump lawyers have brought that to the chief judge. They asked the deputy attorney general to delay any decision on indictment. The deputy attorney general's office declined to do that. And, uh, and that so you're talking about Monaco. Monaco, Lisa Monaco. It wasn't her directly, <laughs> so but it is Russia hoaxer, Russia hoaxer yeah. extraordinaire 
Obama accolade. I mean, yeah. the corruption at the DOJ has reached What's all the same people? new, same people, we just keep recycling. all new levels of, of craziness right. and corruption. Yep. Now, we learned just last night that through Congresswoman Stefanik, who mm -hmm. served on the Intelligence Committee, right. I mean, a right. very uh, good investigator. So we now know that the archives were used to start this investigation. And it was based on two documents. This was testimony that the right. archivist gave to Ms. Stefanik and, right. and the House Intelligence Committee. Right. That wanted, so, so this all starts, if you believe this, from this archivist, they managed to corrupt the archives, calling up over to DOJ, instead of like calling over to former President Trump and trying to get the documents. But the two documents, this is really crazy. And I just, I assume that this has been confirmed by you. Um, I'm just going off of kind of what I've, I've heard. But the two documents, are you guys ready for this? First one, classified documents, supposedly. A letter from President Obama left for Donald Trump when he took office. That's document number one. Yep. Document number two was a letter from Kim Jong-un the leader of North Korea, dictator of North Korea, to President Trump. Now, John, if those are the documents that are, and that this is testimony, correct? This yeah, is, it is yeah. these are the documents that they're using to go after the president. Is that is that the archivist calls the Department of Justice on? Yeah. Listen, every uh, president has a process when they leave, and they know what documents they got. They know what documents are sitting there, and then they do a process. Hey, we're missing these. Where are these? Every other president has been given the, uh, the the benefit of the doubt, and these things are worked out. Obviously, not very well because Vice President Joe Biden, Jimmy Carter, and others still had documents with them years later. But in this case, it's immediately weaponized to be a criminal matter, and uh, and so uh, how this has been the story of Donald Trump since he walked down the escalator. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors, bureaucrats who don't like him, maybe fear that he might uh, shrink their bureaucracy fiefdoms have chronically tried to weaponize disagreements or disputes or uh, process issues in the government mm -hmm. and try to suggest they're criminal. And I think we're going to go through another version of that uh, if uh, Jack Smith seeks the indictment that he's threatened the president. Uh, John, John, this is ridiculous. I mean, all they had to do, all that archivist had to do is call up Trump and say, hey, you have these two documents. Yep. Trump, and look, if I'm... Uh, president of the United States. I'm right. sure if you're the president of the United States, you want to keep those documents. That's right. You want to keep those letters. That's right. So all he would have to do, make a copy Yep. and take them and send them back to the archive. That's right. That's it. That's all. That's it. So we're here because of, I mean, at the end of the day, they can, they can use all the bullshit they want. This is how this started. And Monaco and Garland are so damn corrupt. They knew this. They knew it was bullshit. From the beginning, they opened up an investigation with, once again, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Right. And then, you know, they go back and forth. What documents do you want? And this is what's really concerning to me. If you knew what the documents were, the FBI went over there, right? Or the archivist or somebody went yeah. to Mar-a-Lago, right? Where Trump let them in. That's right. To go to Mar-a-Lago. Hey, what do you guys want? Look at this. And they never tell them, hey, we're looking for that letter from Obama and Kim Jong-un. It's true. I mean, this is this is madness. Absolute madness.
it's the same process. Remember, at the beginning, we know this because of your great work as House Intelligence Committee Chairman. They're going to give the president his first briefing after he's been secured as the nomination. It's supposed to be a place to educate the president about world threats that he might soon be handling if he's elected. And they're using that entire briefing to try to find out if he's involved in Russia collusion. They fake a briefing to the president. <laughs> that they know is already fake. That's right. They, they already know it's fake because they have no evidence of it, right? Right. They know it's come from well, Hillary they, they, Clinton. Their evidence is they made it up. Well, Hillary Clinton made it up. Right. Yeah. And they know that Hillary Clinton was talking about making it up because there's an intelligence intercept. And yet they set up what should be a very solemn moment for a man who's a few steps away from the presidency to give him a briefing. And instead, what do they do? They turned it into a weaponization opportunity. And uh, you, if you- Unsuccessful, by the way. Only because of your work, really. Really? Well, no, no, I mean, but, in 16. Yeah. No, when, they were, when they were talking about P-tapes and prostitutes and all true. the Stoldasi. I mean, they, they, they have a meeting with Trump. That's right. And not only do they not give a defensive briefing right. on the Russia stuff, which is yeah. what they should have done. Yeah. I mean, they they basically are sitting there waiting. I don't know, what were they waiting for? They knew they were making making it up. Yeah. So it's just it just shows. I mean, yeah, all the way back to that time period from the first time they That's ever right. interacted with him, all the way through even to now after he's president, running for president again. Um, th this to me is a uh, is really a bombshell. I think at the end of the day. Um, I've heard this term from a lot of people that still are in the FBI and in law enforcement that the system has been corrupted from investigating crimes that have already occurred to walking people into crimes that they can then investigate. And I, when I hear them say that, it's, it's out of, it sounds a little esoteric, but remember what they were going to do to Mike Flynn. They couldn't find anything wrong with Mike Flynn. Right. So let's get him an interview and trip him up on one thing. And we'll call that a lie. And there's a famous set of notes that the uh, the head of the counterintelligence division of the FBI at the time, Bill Priestat, writes, what's our goal here? To solve a crime or to, you know, to get him to lie so we can try to prosecute him? That is the mentality of the deep state prosecution teams at the Justice Department, the FBI, that has corrupted the system. It used to be only went after people because they committed a crime. Now you want to see if you can lure them into crime so you can investigate them and charge them. Though that evidence is sitting out here. It's not in dispute that those things have happened. Right. I mean, Durham laid out all that out pretty, pretty well, did a good did. job on that part. And then you have the opposite side of that of the coin so those yeah. are if you're republicans affiliated with the republicans that's yeah. what happens to you yeah. they they know it's phony they basically create a crime try to walk you in and try to set you up right then on the other hand you've got the same group of people that because they, they've they've created they're using counterintelligence i think this is really important for people to understand right what they've done here between doj and fbi is they're using the counterintelligence divisions within there that's right specifically the russia house within yep. there right in order to run all of this propaganda through and wash it, right? So that when Hunter Biden laptop comes up, they say, oh, Russian disinfo, according to all of these intelligence sources. And then when they say, oh, we think the P-tape might be real, still dossier, even though we know Clinton did it, all a lie, the Russian people are, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to open up a counterintelligence investigation. I mean, you know, not to mention, you know, we're, it is. you know, I've been, you know, we're here in our nation's capital and I've been, you know, talking to a lot of my former colleagues this week. And a lot of them do not understand and not realize that, and I think because it was it happened before Christmas, but that back in 2017, right after the FBI director and the acting equivalent acting head of the Department of Justice, right. Rosenstein and Ray, they were told by me that they were going to be under investigation. They had signed the FISA, asking what the hell are they doing? They're going to help clean this up or they're going to be part of the problem. We said, you know, you guys are under investigation. You need to provide these documents. 
Well, within days of that, they go to a grand jury here in Washington, D.C., and they go after the Republican staff on the intelligence committee, my staff. That's effectively yeah. spying on me yeah. and them spying on the Congress. And a lot of my colleagues and in, in Republicans don't even realize that that actually happened. So this is and why is this important? Because if they got away with it in 2017, what do you think they're doing right now at a Comer and Jordan's committee right yeah. now? I mean, they got away with that. And yeah. and so if the Republicans don't take this seriously, you know, they got to they got to really start these investigations and, and continue. They got to They got they need more subpoenas, more light on this on this, right. all this problem. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And and um, they have to start to shrink these bureaucracies. Apparently, we have a lot of people in the FBI and the Justice Department have nothing to do but to invent crimes and or inve investigate crimes that don't exist. I mean, that's it. Think about all the effort that occurred and that Durham has laid out for which there never was a crime. Right. Our taxpayer dollars, our, our motion, our investment in our government squandered for two and a half, three years for something that never was true. Uh, maybe we have too many people in those jobs. Maybe we ought to shrink them down. Republicans have been talking about shrinking government for a long time. They never seem to do it. This has got to be the time they do it. Yeah. Well, right now they got to shine the light. Yeah. Right. They can't cut it until they have they, more. Yeah. And then they've got right. it. And the Republican has to be elected president. That's right. And they have to win the Senate back. Yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, the, the whole idea, I mean, the arrogance of these people to build a new FBI building. Somebody told me this uh, yesterday, I don't know if this is true, but is the new FBI building actually going to be bigger than the Pentagon? It's very large. I mean, there's different versions of it, so you don't know, but one version does put it bigger than the Pentagon. And, you know, um, it tells you something that since 9-11, the FBI has used the threat of terrorism to build yeah. the most intransitable bureaucracy you've ever seen. And what are they doing? Just think about what the uh, FISA court just told us. They just unsealed the ruling. 278,000 times in the last two years, or the last two years on record, uh, they were looking at Americans' phone records without the proper warrant, without the proper justification. They were basically hunting for things that they can then go get a warrant for. It's exactly what people who approved the Patriot Act told the FBI, don't do that. Yeah. The Section 702 abuses have become one of the largest domestic spying programs in American history. And almost all the people whose records are infringed aren't really guilty parties. The FBI shouldn't be doing that. They should go out and solve crimes. Well, they're using it for politics. That's what they are. And so, but but think about that. That's an existing program. Yep. But what have we also learned? Um, and this is, you know, President Trump and I have been very supportive of Elon Musk buying Twitter. Yep. Um, even though we don't think that he's really doing it the right way since right. he's keeping on these ridiculous community notes and everything yeah. else. Right, right. Um, it's not going to be ever, never going to be fixed, sadly. But... We did learn one valuable thing, and that is that the you had this revolving door of people from yeah. the FBI, CIA, DOJ being placed over into Twitter, yeah. which effectively gives you access points. So the yeah. FBI wouldn't even have to do anything. They could just use those people there that are yeah. acting as, you know, informants, basically. On the, You know, and my guess is they were willing participants That's in right. it because... I mean, think about Baker. I mean, there's a guy who was involved in the whole Russia hoax. Oh yeah. Do you think that he's sitting over that he was sitting over there at Twitter, uh, saying, and when he gets a call from his buddies over at, at DOJ, hey, um, where's Solomon at right now? Yeah. You know, because I mean, if you're on, because I know that you know you, you used to be on Twitter a lot. Yeah. I mean, it kind of knows where you're at, knows what your email is, knows what your phone number is. Sure. Who's Solomon talking to? Yeah. 
I mean, did you ever, I don't know, did you ever use their messaging app? I did. You didn't. No. You're smarter than that. Yeah. I, I didn't either. I don't, but, trust, I don't trust those apps. But think about how easy it is. Yeah. I mean, there's a way that's like basically reverse spying. Right. Right. Oh, we're not spying. We just have people talking to us. Yeah. So if that was happening at Twitter, John. Where else is it happening across these uh, woke corporations? That, and listen, we know the Bank of America, according to the FBI, was turning over Americans' bank records without a search warrant. The FBI's busy. Well, if they want to do it, it's not our right. problem. Uh, there's another one that really deeply disturbs me. And I think when you look at the great work that the Louisiana Attorney General, Jeff Landry, and the Missouri Attorney General have done in the Missouri uh, v, uh, government case, you see the FBI spending an inordinate amount of time in 2020 doing something that's clearly not in their charter. I never saw anything in the FBI or in the United States code that tells the FBI they should spend time trying to find people who might be in violation of Twitter's policies. That's not an FBI function. That's what they were doing on a daily basis. They right. set up a special unit in San Francisco, and the way they were getting people censored was by saying, oh, this might not comply with your, <laughs> with your, your, rules. your internal rules. That's not the job of the FBI. That should be Twitter wants to do it. That's their business. The FBI was abusing uh, a function to create censorship and creating a bogus a predicate for it, which is, oh, we found violations of your policy. We'd like to help you. That's not what the FBI should do. Go solve a child exploitation crisis. Go find a terrorist who came across the border. That's what most Americans are saying to the FBI. They're not doing that. They're spending all their time on political speech monitoring. Right. It's terrible. And my guess is that they're, they're like you just said, we know they were at Twitter. We yep. know they were at Bank of America. Yep. The question is, where are they not at? Yeah. Where do they not have people yeah. right now yeah i mean my guess is they're spread they're spread across all of these i mean you know if you had a if you had people that went over and worked for the the phone company you yeah. effectively have any records that you want that's right that's exactly right and they don't need fisa they don't need any spying tools because they have volunteers. human volunteers human assets of people that are all in the bureaucracy and how how great is it that wow i can leave my two hundred thousand dollar a year job at the fbi and whoa, wow, magically, I can make $2 million That's a year. Right. Yeah. Um, and you've had that revolving door of all these guys going out and being placed uh, in these agencies. Or, is, I mean, in these woke corporations. The, the alliance between the traditional media, the big tech companies, the, the, the intelligence bureaucracy has really harmed American interests in the last few years. And each of them used to have a reputation of staying out of politics. And quite frankly, I think probably a track record of staying out of politics. But they're all involved in politics now. They're all putting their thumb on the scale of the American electorate. And what better example than that than the, the letter of the 51 intelligence experts right. who actually had the moxie to tell us that without any basis, we think that the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. At the moment that was said, now there's a new body of evidence that thanks to James Comer and my work yesterday, we now know. Not only did the FBI have the laptop and corroborate the laptop, and actually we're generating leads off the laptop in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, they had an informant going all the way back to 17 saying Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme involving Ukraine. They knew the very scenario that was on that laptop was real and they tried mm -hmm. to tell all of us and we now know what their motive was because they wrote it in an email what did mike morrell said i want to give a talking point to joe biden so we can beat donald trump amazing yeah, yeah. so let's get so let's switch gears so let's yep. let's leave the the pending uh trump uh uh corrupt doj indictment and mm -hmm. let's move on to another sure. doj corrupt issue that mm -hmm. you've been uh breaking news on yeah. um and help us uh dissect it john uh, and that is this, the latest, um, the document that the Republicans in Congress are now looking to hold 
director Ray in contempt for. Yes. Um, what, where is that at? And what do we know about that document right now? So we know that Chuck Grassi has read it prior to the dispute. So the Congress knows what's in it. Mm -hmm. James Comer has read it prior to the dispute. Now, after a long drawn out process, the FBI director allowed it to come up to the Hill. They could read it with some redactions. About 10% of the document is redacted, uh, but they weren't allowed to keep it. So they can't give it to the American people to say what it is. And the FBI say, oh, you're going to jeopardize our methods and sources. Oh, we're investigating it now. But wait, this allegation came in in 2017. It's not possible yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. still investigating it six years later. Um, it is a very significant document because it means since 2017, the FBI and the intelligence community has had a reason to believe that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, may have traded the U.S. policy favor for money that his family got. And if it's still under investigation, if the FBI is telling us true, then it means it's a lead that's still true and hasn't been disproven. Certainly, it could be decided in six months. The Trump documents case began in August and we're wrapping it up already. The Joe Biden case began in 17 and it's still ongoing seven years later or six years later. Uh, you see in that the exact same thing that you've been talking about and warning for a long time. There is a uh, dual system of justice. One delays, obfuscates, and drags its feet if it's mm -hmm. Hunter Biden or Joe Biden, and the other accelerates and investigates things that aren't crimes if you're a Republican or uh, a conservative. Right. I think that's a very Just real a, scenario now. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think a letter from President Obama and, you know, that Trump has, I don't know, that sounds like a crime to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, what a terrible national secret. Oh, by the way, it was written at at the time. Right. It's, it's, Which I'm sure Obama yeah. leaked it out to everybody he could at the time. That's right. I'm sure, I bet if you go back and look yeah. at the fake news, yeah. Obama and all his people leaked that out all over to the fake news all over the city. Yeah. Uh, when that So there was nothing classified in that That's letter. Right. No. Nothing. Nothing. No. And hey, listen, that, the, I think the most important thing, they, they might try this indictment. They certainly have done the notification. What does that mean? Well, it's part of the process. Um, when it gets to the court, there's going to be this famous ruling in 2012 in a Bill Clinton case, some audio tapes he kept in his sock drawer mm -hmm. uh, that he didn't turn over to the archives. And the U.S. District Court, the very court that's currently presiding over this investigation right now here in Washington, D.C., concluded a president has wide latitude to decide which of his presidential documents. And if he takes them with him, uh, there's very little judicial review that may occur. And when the court made that ruling, the Obama Justice Department said that it agreed with it. In fact, the court accepted the Obama administration's argument, which means that that's the current precedent in Washington, D.C. I think when yeah. Donald Trump's case gets tested in the court, that precedent's going to come up. It's going to be very difficult for the Biden DOJ to step on the Obama. Well, the DOJ. challenge here in this town is going to be that the you've got, as we learned in, through the Durham indictments, right. that when you bring, well, and we know from the other indictments of Republicans, right. When Republicans are indicted here, the juries meet for a grand, it, like the time, they just need enough time to go in, sit down yeah, and vote. That's right. Like it's 22 minutes. Right. And they and, and they, yeah. they they charge them on every single crime. Right. Any, any Republican, doesn't matter what it is, right. any political yeah. any political actor. It, listen, they trust then, the prosecutors. That's what happens. Then Durham, but in the Durham investigation, of course, they walk in, the jury meets, and they dismiss the cases almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is the this is going to be the challenge, which is shows you the third world level of corruption that the Department of Justice understands here in Washington. They just can't wait to bring an indictment against Trump here in Washington because they know 95 percent of the people here voted for Biden. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's exactly and that's right. exactly I mean, yeah. this is so I don't even know how Trump or any Republican could get a fair trial. I mean, I don't even want to be here in this city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I know I that if I get if I get attacked, 
I can't defend myself because right. if I if I respond, then I'm going to be the one that's charged. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what any Republican. I mean, I, I have to come here for obviously for for work to see great people like you. Um, but it's not a safe. This is not a safe city for a Republican. No big city is, but yeah. especially with this court jurisdiction. Here. You have seen two of the premier federal prosecution offices in the country, Washington and New York, were always the ones that great prosecutors wanted to get to before their career was over. They've now become laughingstocks. They've, they've had to admit to leaking. They've had to admit to manufacturing evidence. They've had to admit to bringing prosecutions or launching investigations that hampered a presidency that weren't true when they started or any point in the process of it. Um, yeah. Two well, great po political actors, yeah. people that want That's to be politicians yeah. are lobbying and the whole network, they're pulling yeah. in leftists from all over the country. You want yeah. to make it big, you got to be in DC. If you want to work for the FBI, you got to be in yep. DC or you got to be in New York. Yep. And they're basically, they're screening. I think what the Obama people sadly successfully did, they set up a screening process for DOJ, FBI. They put all their best people, their best, when I say best, meaning their political operatives in New York sure. and in Washington, DC. Yep. Cause that's and the they, power centers. Right. And they did the same exact thing for the department of defense. Yeah. Also, they've, yeah. you know, the, the, the best military, um, officers that we've had are, are let go. They don't even become full board colonels anymore, but mm -hmm. seldom do they become one-star generals now. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to be a woke moron in order to be promoted in the military now, sadly. It's, um, uh, and, I, and I say that with, you know, I know there, yeah, there are still a lot of great people there in there, are. but if you look at the, the leadership, the leadership is quickly becoming filled with these with these woke generals and admirals. There's another dynamic that field agents tell me, and I didn't realize this until, but increasingly uh, a larger number of agents and also executives in the FBI come out of the Justice Department and out of lawyer ranks. It's a different skill set. Lawyers are designed mm -hmm. to persuade. Investigators are designed to neutrally evaluate evidence. And, you know, you look at the last couple of FBI directors, Bob Mueller, James Comey, Jim Comey, James Comey, and Chris Wright. Where did they, they actually started as political lawyers in the Justice Department, and they come over to the FBI. And people say, well, why is the, the FBI now acting like the Justice Department? The answer is you brought over all these Justice Department lawyers, and they brought that political mentality of the Justice Department to an agency where politics used to be anathema. And I think that's why you're seeing this enormous rebellion among FBI. And I don't know if you saw this poll today, no, um, Congressman, but uh, there is a poll out by Rasmussen Reports. Fewer than half of Americans have trust in the FBI now. That's the first time I've oh. ever seen it, sub 50. And 60% believe the FBI, 60% believe the FBI has been protecting the Biden family. That is a polling uh, poll that should send shockwaves to the FBI. They've lost that much credibility. And the next time they go to ask for a witness cooperation in some Timbuktu city, you know what someone's going to say to them? I don't trust anymore. I used to, but I don't trust anymore. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a real problem solving real crimes because of all the invented crimes that the FBI has pursued the last it, few years. Oh, exactly, John. So there's a lot of people watching right now sure. live yep. um and we've got some questions coming in but i think by and large um because we were going to talk originally yeah. it's always breaking news sadly sure. but um about the j6 yeah and the and the the video mm -hmm. so what should we be i mean as you continue your investigation you julie kelly who's a guest on my podcast quite often yeah julie's great um what are where is your investigation going into this how much how much longer is it going to take um where I, do you think where do you think we're at yeah let's start uh, I mean, with, look i don't want you to give up any oh, of your yeah, secrets no, listen but. i think there's buckets and i think most people who follow this thing. first off most americans know what happened that day right 
they know that it was started as a, 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 a protest. Some people got rowdy and, and some people acted bad and many people just got caught up in it and, and are being charged as a result of it. Um, I think this can take a few more months. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to take as long as it took you and I to unravel uh, uh, Russia collusion. That was a four or five month uh, odyssey. I think it's taking another. Well, actually, I think it was about a one day odyssey. Well, that's right. Actually, From you the had, day that the, the day right. that they said uh, but, this, I said, "What? what the yeah. hell you, where's your intelligence?" That's a very good point. Oh, we don't have any. <laughs> well, then what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but, but to get the facts out, it took but, about four or five years, and actually to get the public to a point to realize that they had been bamboozled, it took a long time. It took a long I, time, and I think it's still we're still working on. It. I agree. It's we're not all there. But okay, it's definitely but, come to your side. But I think, think about, here's the three buckets of really important information. Okay. The first is the Democrats actually manipulated the evidence. They tried to create evidence that would play with your emotions rather than focus on facts. Right. They Let's dive into the that. Tape. So you actually had a story. They doctored right. the tape. Okay, go ahead yep. on the doctor the tape. Uh, there are the, the Capitol Police security footage have no sound on them. When I first looked at it, like, where's the sound? The guy's like, there's no sound. They're like, but I saw sound. He said, oh, that was invented. That was in inserted on the tape. Yeah. So they did that, and they had Nancy Pelosi in the middle of what she said was a traumatizing evacuation from the Capitol. By the way, she didn't look very traumatized. She had the presence of mind to have her daughter film her out the evacuation. What were they thinking that day? They were thinking, we're going to make political manipulation of this moment. And yeah. they did it with a camera, and they did it with sound, and they did it with other things. So the January 6th hearings were more Hollywood than they were factual fact-finding. So one of the, bucket that's one. bucket one. Okay. Bucket two is there are massive security failures of the day that if they had not failed, the day would have been prevented. It wouldn't have mattered that some people got rowdy. Uh, and we've gone through a lot of them. The first one is there is a significant amount of intelligence that got to the intelligence division of the Capitol Police saying it's going to be bad. There are people talking about targeting lawmakers, targeting the tunnel, storming the Capitol, trying to get in and interrupt well, it. John, not to, not to interrupt you, but, but I knew that you morning. Did. You did. I mean, I was the top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, and I spoke directly to the sergeant of arms and others who were very concerned. And I and I couldn't figure out for the life of me, you talk about security concerns. I mean, any little protest, they always put at least some minimal fencing up. That's right. And I'd never seen, I mean, they were, it was like the bicycle racks that were out. They call them the bicycle racks because yeah, they're, right. you know, three feet tall. Not a very good security. Even you and I can leap over We can leap over that. Even on our, a bad day, we yeah. leap over. <laughs> well, um, we know that it got to the intelligence division. And there's this famous whistleblower memo I made public last summer where one of the lead intelligence analysts of the, uh, of the Capitol Police, Eric Hoare, a man you should all get to know. He's a good man. He says the leadership didn't take the actions that were warranted. Well, what we're now learning is that someone kept all that information from the decision makers. Chief Sun said, I never got to see that. And I'm shocked that I didn't get to see it. Um, and as a result, it's hard to believe. Yeah, the the evidence I mean, is starting to add up. I know. I listen. I'm as I mean, skeptical as you are. Why? How did I know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because uh, maybe I, again, I don't know. I don't know how you do. We do know that one person got a tip off, right? Senator Schumer's staff, soon to be the Senate leader, gets a tip off from a deputy police chief there. But the it is pretty clear in the documents that the briefing documents that Chief um, Sun get literally are stripped of all the information that's in the downstream intelligence. I mean, stripped. I've read them. So. I think there's a possibility that there was a bureaucratic coup going on inside the Capitol Police that keeps the, some information bottled up so they can embarrass people. That's a very fateful decision. But there's intelligence failures, whatever happened. But there's also security failures. And yesterday or, or Friday, we showed an incredible tape, uh, Congressman. I know you'd be disturbed because if it happened at the White House, people go, oh, my God. Uh, Capitol Police push a couple of protesters out a door that's clearly marked fire exit. The door says, if you press this 
lock and go out the door, it's going to unlock the door and you're not going to either. It's going to be open. It's going to be insecure. Mm -hmm. The cops push a couple out. They disappear. 300 people just open the door and walk in. That is a security feel, failure of epic proportions. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to Capitol Police today, they're like, hey, those door locks don't work that way. They're not fixed today. So the Capitol is no more secure today than it was on January 5th. There are security and intelligence failures that the January 6th committee swept under the rug because it was Nancy Pelosi's job to solve it, and she did it. Right. And they don't want it to stick there. There was no fencing. Right, no fencing. She, she rejected the military. Military, right. And and then for whatever reason, the intelligence was was hidden from others. But, I mean, they had they didn't even need intelligence to no, know. They if you're going to have thousands of people, they yeah. knew there was going to be at least tens of thousands. There was hundreds of thousands yep. of people in Washington. That's right. Day, um, protesting their government, yep. which they have a right to do. Last yep. time I checked in this country, except I guess you can't do it in Washington, D.C. anymore. If you're a Republican, you need to seems, go somewhere else. Seems to be the case. So that's yeah, right. You're right. That's Sorry. bucket two of the tape. So what's what do you think? Bucket Let me maybe add one other thing. Said. There was one okay. other security thing. Said. They didn't activate the majority of the civil disturbance units, which are the professional riot police. They Capitol Police have multiple teams of CDUs that could have put this down or de-escalate it very quickly. They didn't. And the few that did that were there, did it, their equipment was locked in a bus. They couldn't get the key for it for an hour. How embarrassing is that? You gave $600 million to that police department when you were a member of Congress and they act mm -hmm. that way. Security intelligence. The third bucket is there are both provocateurs and um, uh, undercover police officers all throughout the audience. Okay, it's going to be in the dozens. Now, that's some may I, be the I, same, right? They may what, be one in the same in some cases. That's what people wanted to know. Yeah. So, yeah. so, and this, this information, so there, there were essentially feds, that's operatives. Right. Yep. Do we know, we, we know they were on the grounds, but do we know how many actually went into the building? I mean, like we... We don't yet. We're getting closer. Okay. Um, uh, and I think tonight. And, and, and when we say, what's the definition? I mean, everybody says a fed, yeah. right? Because there's the popular video. I think there's a lot. There's a popular video of Ray Epps yeah. with the. with the, A lot of people the, think he's a fed. Trump, he says he Trump, isn't. He said they're saying yeah. fed, fed, right, fed. Right, right. I mean, that's what they were saying. I'm just I know, yeah, that's what right, happened yeah. the night before. Yeah. People said, this guy's acting crazy. He must be a fed. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. he's denied that he's a fed. We don't know what the, you know, he denies it. The yeah. gen. Six committee says he's not a Fed, yep. but we now know the Gen Six committee yep. is not reliable because right. they doctored evidence. That's right. So how how are you defining what is a? I mean, you're, I mean, Fed's the nickname, but really it could be from undercover agents. Would they all be people that worked within the federal government? I think we're also thinking we might be thinking too narrowly. What the federal government often does is use the intelligence units of local police to embed these things so they have some plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. If people turn into tonight's show, and just there's no noise, six o'clock, Real America's Voice, Amanda mm -hmm. and I are going to have Congressman Loudermilk, the chairman of the mm -hmm. investigative arm of the House Administration. And you're going to have me. We are going to have you. In fact, you're going to gonna kick us off. So yeah. even better. I forgot we did that trade. That's why yeah. you're coming on. Um, Sullivan Smart. He doesn't do anything for free. Like if I get him on my podcast, <laughs> he has to. I have to go on his. TV it's show. the Monty Hall. Let's make a deal here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but later in the show, after you kick us off, and it's going to be exciting to have you kick us off. There is going to be Chairman uh, Laudermix going to come in. And he's going to reveal that there were undercover informants, excuse me, undercover uh, officers of the Washington Metropolitan Police Department. And he's going to show some video footage oh, that wow. shows what they were doing. I were think they that, in like MAGA gear? Uh, we're going to find out. I'm, I, I, I'm as eager as you to find out. We're going to find out in a few hours. Wow. But, uh, and there has been one 
um, piece of evidence that I found in a court case that I made public about a couple months ago that there were two Metropolitan Police officers playing clothes that were yelling something like, go, 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 go into the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Why would an officer do that if their job is to stop stop people from going to the Capitol? Now, wow. now it's plausible. Maybe they're arguing their team should go. Maybe they were talking to the police and not the people. We'll find out, right? Mm-hmm. But there are undercovers and some undercovers may have been provocateurs. Maybe they're provocateurs and undercovers and they're different. We're going to try to resolve that through videotapes and source reporting and police and FOIAs. And I think that's going to be the longest haul. It's going to take us some time. But when we get the answer, there won't be any more questions. People will know who was who, what they did, who should be held accountable, who should not be. Uh, But we got to get to the solution on those. We really do. Yeah. So that's going to be a big deal. If there were arrest in MAGA gear telling people to go in the Capitol, that's a big problem. It is. Um, Feds or local police would be just as problematic. Oh, it's all the same. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, it's Law all the same because yeah. if, if they allowed them in, um, you know, I, I don't think it was Tim Buck two's police department that right. some guy volunteered from yeah. Nowhereville, you know, Colorado or South Park was, you know, yeah. South Park, Colorado right. PD. Right. Joking, obviously. Yeah, they, they came here on their of own uh, to just like, right. uh, you know, yeah. uh, be an informant. Yeah. Um, there had to have been an, it had to been orchestrated. I mean, God, don't we even know that one of the DOJ top level officials was in the crowd also i don't think they went into the capitol right i think there was a a couple fbi agents or a couple fbi employees excuse me and one doj official as well listen some people everybody had a right to be there if you were going to buy the law right abide by the law you should be fine we've we've basically pasted what was somebody from doj doing they weren't there to well they weren't there to protest it's hard to know right we'll have to find out well listen uh, we know from all the great work you did eventually these answers these questions can be answered we might have to fight some foyers but only with the fight only with the good only with good reporters like you john good good members of congress like you we have one more uh, i think important question that people want to know um it it deals with this bucket three as you said on jan six um the infamous pipe bombs yeah by the way i walked by that building like five times that you know, they, that, that unaware moment, that they were right, planted there right right yeah so what do we know about the, the pipe bomb because there's been a lot of speculation out there it's been very strange i mean the explosives put in front of yeah. the rnc and the dnc right the night before the night before it's a yeah. big deal i walked by there that night I, mean, right. I walked right by where that where that supposed pipe bomb was yeah so but it sounds like it through your investigation what we're learning uh, there it's becoming um how would I say it? Um, a little foggy as to what what's happening at the with the pipe the pipe bomber. Yeah, pipe bomb I think that's right. I, we've been a little delayed uh, for some evidence that we'd like to make public. We've seen it, but we don't possess it in a way we can publish it. We'll get it. There's just a process we got to go through. I think when people see the full night before, you'll see the person that the FBI says planted the bomb. At one point, they make a phone call right on the street. They walk past some ring cameras. It is implausible with all of the skill sets that the FBI has that they have and not been able know to identify. You've s- have you seen this on tape? I have. We just don't have a copy of it to show the American public. But at some point, you see the person do this. So, you know, we're pretty good at tracking phone records. By the way, we're pretty good at tracking people through location data on their phones. The FBI can do that. Yeah. It just seems very uh, implausible that the FBI can't figure this out. Now, they've, you know, they say they can't. They keep upping the ward. I think there's another thing that we ought to keep an eye on. Uh, the morning of the uh, January 6th, Kamala Harris went over to the DNC with a Secret Service detail. Did the Secret Service detail ever sweep the place for bombs? I'm going to answer that question for you next week. <laughs> Interesting. Well, there you have it, folks. 
Uh, appreciate all of you who have tuned in. Um, make sure you follow John Solomon on True Social. John's been there just at Just the News and Jay Solomon. Uh, I think we've had it up there on the screen the whole time. Yeah. But uh, nobody does better work than John. And John, you can watch your show, your nightly show with Amanda on, I know it's, it, it streams on Rumble on the Real America Voice channel, uh, but also they can get Get it on, watch it on uh, Roku, right? Right, Roku, uh, Pluto, uh, Samsung televisions, LG television, Direct Dish Network now carries the channel. And of course, you can go to justinnews.com and watch it there as well. Yeah, well, look, I highly recommend it uh, if you guys want to watch real news, if you want to know what's happening here in our nation's swamp, the nation's capital. Uh, nobody's better than, than John Solomon. Nobody works harder than John Solomon. Um, and for many, many years, you've done this. You've done this great work, and thank we're you. very appreciative. Wow! Well, thank you for what you've done with Truth. Without that, we wouldn't have a free speech social platform. And, yeah, uh, that came at such a critical moment in American history. And uh, the millions of people that are on there now, we engage with them all day long. It's often one of our largest engagement um, platforms. Every day, almost every day, you see hundreds of thousands of people coming in from Truth to our platform. So we're very grateful. Well, we're grateful for for you being there. So with that, guys, thanks a lot for tuning in. All of you that were watching it live, those of you listening on the audio podcast, we appreciate it. Make sure you give me a rating on there because I have all the haters that go on there and give me nasty <laughs> ratings on, on the podcast, so on the audio podcast. So if you listen to it, give me a rating. Also, you can listen to John, I forgot, you have a podcast. Yeah, also. John Solomon Reports. I do. Yeah, you, Victor Davis Hansen. Yeah, Victor Davis Hansen, one yep. of the greatest minds. We're so lucky to have him in the Justin News family. Yeah, it's you, Victor Davis Hansen, and who else? Uh, David Brody right now. David Brody. The top three. Yeah. The top three. So with that, Devin Nunes and John Solomon, we'll catch you next time.